Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. And we are over the moon, literally over the moon. I guess not literally. By the way, this is not such literally. A, this is such a side tangent, but did you know that Merriam-Webster's dictionary actually added another definition for literally and said it's the opposite of literally? It's they figuratively caved. now. Yeah, literally we, means figuratively. We discovered this really? this weekend. Yeah. Oh, you were there. I forgot about yes, that. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, I was. I sure was. Yeah. Any- the Amer- the um, what is it? It's is it the American slang? It's just out of control now. It's collo- out of control. the colloquialism. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry for that side tangent, Michael. We just kept you on the edge of your seat. But everyone, please <laughs> welcome back our dear friend and resident astrologer of the podcast, Mr. Michael Boyle. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we, we are so graced board. by your presence. How many times have we said what? that? I, <laughs> I say like, that every episode. Yeah. Somebody so. get me a soundboard and tell me how to use it because I don't know how to I use it. I feel like you already got one, but I bought one back or something. But I can't use it. Okay, we're moving really? on. Michael. Oh, that would be be a huge asset. Thank you so much, by the way. I uh, I feel so welcome every time I come on here. You're like, Last time I got too excited and blew out the microphone. I remember so that. <laughs> I was trying to like curb my enthusiasm today curb your enthusiasm well michael since you only come on once in a blue moon i don't know why so many moon references i guess because you're an astrologer but since you only come on every once in a while we're only graced by your presence uh every once in a while Mm -hmm. we might have gotten a lot of new listeners since the last time you were on so why don't you reintroduce yourself to everyone who might not know you awesome so my name is michael uh uh, Michael Boyle, the resident astrologer. Unbelievable. I love that. Um, so, yeah, uh, I uh, kind of grew up the same community uh, that Inner Bloom kind of did. Um, and uh, it's just been so cool to have watched you guys kind of build and kind of grow what you're doing. Uh, and a couple of, was it like a couple of years ago or like three years ago when I used to come on every every month and talk astrology? Oh, it yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. That yeah, was like that was a long time ago. Before we were, all the stuff. We were a lot of different people then. Absolutely. Wild. So yeah, I, 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 I'm an astrologer. I've been studying astrology for like five years, I think six years. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had the pleasure with working uh, one-on-one with a lot of uh, Inner Bloom listeners slash viewers. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really great. I, I, I love the show and I, I love being a part of it. 
And Michael, I feel like you have like the unique thing about you is that you're part astrologer, part like historian or like history professor because mm-hmm. your astro- astrological readings are always told in like this grand story form, which also gives a lot of context to the past. And so I think it's, I always think to myself, I'm like, you should really be like a professor. Like you should really be like teaching. This is what you're, what you all are about to experience is kind of like a a mini lecture here. Um, And and so we're, we're pumped. Tell us about what this, this week's lecture is or this week's guest presentation. (laughs) Well, I love all that. By by the way, to be clear, like I'm as far as like history goes, like I'm I'm just interested in it. Like so, I just like went to go and find some stuff, and I'm just like presenting what I found. I'm no, I'm I'm no Graham Hancock who's gonna come up in like one second. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's very yeah, so modest, t- so, everybody. So just buckle up because he knows a lot <laughs> of info. It's, yo, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of info. So uh, if you like like alternative history and. Uh, kind of the cross-section of like mythology and history then you're going to fucking love this um so actually so uh, so the title is the procession of the equinox and age of aquarius right which are two terms i think a lot of people hear um quite a lot of people use quite a lot um but often um they don't really explain that well i i in my case it took me a while to find like i was like what does that mean and i wanted to like find out you know um but actually when i was like already putting this together alexa you sent me a tiktok of someone who was talking about this kind of stuff. I don't remember who it was and I should have looked that up. Yeah, they, well, specifically they were talking about the astrology that's in like the story of Jesus. Oh, I, yes, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's a part of it. But like, there's so much more like context. Just like you said, to like go like into the into the past. Those clips, by the way, from that TikTok were from the film Zeitgeist. I don't know if, if you use... Uh, or if anyone listening is like old enough to remember like the first kind of generation of YouTube and, and things like that. Oh, I remember oh, the first we're generation old of YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I just I remember my that. dad literally was like, Hey, there's this new thing called YouTube. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, people upload their videos so others can watch. And I was like, why would anyone want to do that? <laughs> I didn't get sounds it. Sounds dumb. That's going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds stupid. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was like a, a film from 2007. And that was like the film that um, it was like the, the three parts. The first part was basically about the procession of the equinox and the astrological ages and about uh, religion and stuff. And actually it kind of, um, it was kind of like an attack on Christianity in the sense that it was like, you know, Christianity is like not unique. Like these like same motifs have like been, they're like eternal, you know, um, which is cool, I guess, for the time, because like the world is so different now, like fundamental Christianity is like way smaller like than it was, you know, and I think a lot of it's to do with our generation being brought up on like the internet and stuff that that's like a kind of separate thing. But part two was about um, 9-11 and the third part was about like the Federal Reserve in the USA. So that was like the first like conspiracy documentary that was like mm. big. It also was the first like internet film. But anyway, so it also, but if you wanted to like uh, the part one definitely is, is really interesting. So the, the, the good news the good news is that what i'm about to say is, is going to be totally worth it but the bad news is that this is going to have to start with probably confusing the fuck out of all three of us <laughs> because right. trying to like try to explain like what the procession of the equinox is like if you if you didn't know um so basically there are like three um cycles like astrological cycles that like the earth kind of goes through like so the most obvious one i guess is the year right so astrologically we say that like the sun moves through like all the signs like from our perspective that's what it looks like and that's a year like when it comes back around like your solar return is like your birthday right right um 
Another one is a day, which obviously is the Earth spinning on its axis. And in that, uh, astrologically, it's like the horizon, like moves through all the signs with the seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> I live by the sea. If it gets too much for real, I'll close the window. So um, romantic. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I said before, like the first like thousand is like romantic, but yeah. man, seagulls are really, they really get, they get on your tits all right. Anyway, so they your day is like. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like fire, it's like ambulances here. So I'd rather hear a seagull than an ambulance. What? That's funny. I've I've heard one ambulance in like the three years that I lived here. Yeah, like that's the only siren I've ever heard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Grass is always greener, right? Yeah. I guess. Continue. Uh, so sorry. So you got the year, the sun moves through all the signs. Then the day is like the air spins on its axis, and the horizon uh, moves through like all the signs. And then the other cycle, which is what we're talking about here, is called the Great Year, which Ooh, like that sounds exciting. A, a, right, a day and a year is like we can conceive what those are. A Great Year is like twenty six thousand years. Like mm. Earth years? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Why? So, Why? What's the significance? Thank you for asking that question. That was confusing. So it's <laughs> so this this is a confusing part, right? And it confuses me. So, uh, so like obviously we're spinning around our axis, and that's a day, right? right? But our axis isn't like at a right angle to the sun. It's like tilted, right? So we have like a a tilt. Like the Earth isn't like straight up. If you go to like right. a planetarium yeah. or whatever, the Earth's like on on its thing, and that axis also like rotates around. Huh. Okay. Right. So because of that, the constellations like basically appear to move like from from our perspective, because like north is pointing like a slightly different part of, of right. the sky. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason that Alexa, you mentioned kind of recently as well that um, you've got like an app on your phone where it tells you like, where the planets are and you can hold up to the sky. Yes. Yeah. So I had one of those as well. And it confused the fuck at me because I don't understand what I'm about to explain is that. I don't know if you ever checked, but if you check like where the planets are based on like what constellation or sign that they're in, like on your app, as in like in the actual sky, it's going to be off. If you check, if you compare that to like an astrology, like transit chart or something, it's going to be off by about one whole sign. Hmm. Is that because yeah, so of you, the axis? The tilt? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's be- because of the tilt, the progression of the tilt, which, because it's a great year, it takes 26,000 years to move all the way around from like one point all the way around to go right so like one sign is like 2000 like 2100 years wow. 2000, that's crazy 2150 or something like that um and by the way that that um that distinction that is like the astrology the kind of um uh, zodiac that we use in like western astrology anyway it's called tropical astrology or the tropical yes. zodiac and the that. one that's like in the sky is called the sidereal oh. right that one. I'm just trying to confuse you as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not really, but um, so actually that point, by the way, the fact that like the, the signs have all moved and stuff like that, every so often is like kind of uh, dragged out and used as some kind of like gotcha to like debunk astrology. Um, and so like the next time that comes around, I think it was like a couple of years ago that kind of did the rounds in all the newspapers and stuff. Um, it doesn't matter because uh, astrology in the tropical, in, in the East, in uh, Indian astrology, in Vedic astrology, they use the sidereal, so they take that into account. But um, in Western astrology, we don't. And that's because the it's the set of correspondences, they work really well. When you have Aries, like begins, it's like at the equinox. And then you've got Capricorn, which begins at like the winter solstice and so on. It fits with the, with the seasons. And that's why we use it. Right. Okay. Cool. Which actually... Is the same thing about our like actual calendar, the one with like January and February and shit in it, yeah. because we have leap years, so we have mm-hmm. to add a day, so that's a tropical calendar. Because otherwise, was it? 
Oh, sorry. I didn't I not not to interrupt, but just to add to this. This is do you know that in Ethiopia, they're yes, still Yes, I saw this TikTok. Yeah, Go they're ahead, still in sorry. the year 2012 because they follow the Gregorian calendar and they actually have 13 months in a year. And not only that, but like they're so so basically every single month has 30 days no matter what and then the last right. month might have plus or minus depending. But um also, what's crazy about them is like they measure time based on like when the sun is up. So like you're di- instead of like it's one o'clock in the morning and it's dark here, it's like their one o'clock in the morning is like when the sun is first rising and when the sun goes down. All right, that's the end of the day. De- that's their nighttime. Like and that's it's, cool. But it's so crazy. Like the way the different ways things are counted, the different ways things are measured, and everyone's and 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 so their date is slightly off of ours too because of that thirteen month system. Anyway. Just reminded me of that. It's freaking crazy. I, I, I read once, like, 100 years ago, whatever, in, like, the, the Russian Empire, like, before the Soviet Union and stuff, they used the Gregorian calendar as well. And uh, there was some Olympic games that uh, they missed because <laughs> because they were told, oh, it starts on, like, you know, the 10th of May or whatever. And they were like, right. cool. But actually, it, they were, like, two weeks late. And they were like, well, yeah. fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, kind of funny. Right? Um. So I, I've got a quote here for you. First of all, like a few quotes. I kept the quotes to a minimum, right? So, <laughs> but I had to quote, had to quote my boy Carl Jung, who said um, about oh, yeah. basically this is a, about the uh, the fact that astrology is like symbolic. Anyway, he said, "quote And so man has called the stars that are synchronous with the seasons by names expressing the qualities of each particular season. The active principle is obviously the time, and not all the stars. They are merely incidental." If at the time when astrology came into conscious existence, other constellations had been in the heavens, we would have had different groups of stars, but they would have been called they they would have been called a lion or a man carrying a water jug just the same. They're not at all like their names, even the most striking constellations. It's a tremendous strain for the imagination. Doesn't pull any punches, but uh, basically he's right. Like you know when you're like in school and they take you to the planetarium and they're like, yeah. oh behold, like the scorpion, and everyone's like. Yes, the scorpion. <laughs> it doesn't look fucking anything like a scorpion. Right. Um, so like Jung's point is like, it's all symbolic. We're just projecting stuff from the collective unconscious onto like a group of stars, which look not- nothing like it anyway. Right. Mm. Why do yeah. they call cancer cancers? Like what a terrible name for an astrology sign. Yeah. It's like, what a terrible coincidence that that ended up meaning something so awful, right? Right. And it's interesting that it's associated with people who, like, take on the most emotional burden because I really feel like that's, like, kind of, like, the emotional root of cancer. Yeah. Fucking cancers. Okay, let's move on. I'm a cancer. (laughs) Let's move on. Um, All right. So so what astrologers do, right? They look at the sun that the sun – sorry, the sign (laughs) – the sign that the sun rises on the vernal equinox, which in the northern hemisphere is the spring equinox, right? Um. And we'll say that that are you comfortable there, Alexa? I'm like I'm hot. It, listen, with pregnancy, I get hot <laughs> and cold, and I can't control it. So sorry. Sorry, sorry. Bring attention to that. Sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Um, I know. Sure, <laughs> kicked off. Um, so all right. So we look at the the vernal equinox, and then we look at what sign the sun rises in on that day, right? Okay. And then the sign that it's in is that age, right? So because the signs all move in the serial zodiac, which is, it moves like one degree every 72 years. So like one sign is like 2150, like 2150 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that like precession, because actually it moves like the other way, it's called precession. Uh, that's the precession of the equinoxes, right? Because it's the equinox and it moves like through the through the signs gotcha. right and so 
that was the confusing bit over, right? Now we get the exciting bit. So basically, nice. what, what this is uh, about is basically, I'm sorry, here's another quote from Alice O. Howell, who says, quote, each constellation in turn hosts the point of the vernal equinox and gives its name to that age. And each age coincides seemingly universally with a religious mythos whose symbols reflect precisely its nature at the collective level and also in a psychological development that is repeated in every individual to this very day. Mm. So basically, we're going to look at all the different, well, starting at a certain point, the astrological ages, and we're going to look a little bit at like the culture of that time and how it, you know, reflected the sign. And more importantly, the myths and the and the kind of religion, spirituality of, of that time, all the way up to our present time. And then we're going to have loads of guessing about what the age of Aquarius is going to look like. Exciting. Cool. All right, let's fucking, get to it. Fucking cool, hey? I've, I've, I know you're excited, Amby. I've got one, one more thing to say, <laughs> is that when I say, when I say myth, <laughs> I don't know, like a one-hour introduction. Well, that's all we got time I, I, I love that you're like, calm down, Ambie. By the way, right? I just want to say there's excited. a lot of people on Facebook. Or Emily Jacobson was said, so excited. I fucking love this. Um, oh, yeah. Rachel Marie said, yes, yeah, so excited for this. People are on board. Everybody is excited. Carry on. Are you drinking Professor. out of a candle? What are you drinking out of? Oh, this is my patented, uh, well, patented not by me, but it's a Lord of the Rings cup. Nice. Ah, here we've got you, Arwen. You are like Aragorn or whatever. <laughs> oh, thanks. yeah, that's him. I'll Isn't that it. him? That's Aragorn. Yeah, spot the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're listening okay. to this, by the way, I've got a Lord of the Rings cup and Aragorn's on it, and I look vaguely like Aragorn. Yeah, um, you do. Uh, I hope I look that good when I'm like 40. By the way. He was, no, he was like 50. Ford is so old. Gross. <laughs> I, know, I, I said that and I was like, oh, I just forgot how old I am. And anyway, so when I say myth, by the way, I'm not meaning that people say like, oh, so-and-so, that's a myth. Like, I'm not saying myth as in like untrue. In fact, myths actually can be like truer than just like a, a fact because they can like hold like layers of meaning and things like that. Just to be clear, because if someone's like a follower of like something that I mentioned, then I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm just whatever. If you um, question Michael, fuck off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Everybody knows I'm joking. Why did you just Go tell ahead. everyone who's 40 that they're old and gross? Because I'm almost 40. Oh. I don't think people know that. I hate cancers. I'm almost 40. And I told our listeners to fuck off. It's a tough day for me. Let's keep moving. Amazing. Uh, all right. So the exact dates for these ages, like it seems like it'd be hard, easy to calculate, but actually it seems like no one agrees. So uh, the dates that I'm going with are like rough and I'm taking them from Alice O. Howell's book. So we're going to start right with the age of Leo, which was so fucking long ago. It's like unfathomably <laughs> long ago. It was from 10,000, sorry, 10,500 BC to 8,000 BC. So like, wow. like 12,000 to 10,000 years ago, like, ludicrously so old. hard to conceive right so with like the these earlier ages there's going to be like an extra helping of like conjecture because stuff basically doesn't survive that long right yeah. so we're just going to kind of guess so but the age of leo is obviously leo is the sign of the for five points what lion the lion. lion boom uh <laughs> it's a sign of a lion and it's ruled by the ruled the sun right so First, I didn't first know thing, okay, so I was not prepared for this. <laughs> Yo, you should have known last time I was quizzing you guys as well. Yeah. Um, all right, so what do you guys so basically there's nothing that really there's like survived from them. However, a bit of conjecture for you. What do you two know or think about the Sphinx? The Sphinx. 
It's like a lion. Nice ass. With the head. Nice ass. Nice ass. It's like a lion with a human head on it. Exactly. So have you ever heard any any gossip about like the age of the Sphinx? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like that it was it's almost like it was like another um, was it like something else before they put that head on it? Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Alexa. Five points. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very very Um, Egypt. Hell yeah. So the mainstream estimate for the age of the Sphinx is two, it's 2500 BC, which is like way after the age of Leo, right? However, um, did you guys know who Graham Hancock is? No. So he's like Mr. Alternate History. He's fucking, fucking cool. Yeah. So him and this other guy called Robert Schoch, he put together this thing that's called the water erosion hypothesis, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share a picture and I put in the the Facebook group, I put like these like sources and stuff that I'm using. The pictures not so much, but you can they're just from Google Images. So this right here, if you're watching, this is a picture of the ass of the Sphinx, which is what MB <laughs> was referencing. This is why I said that. Yeah. Right. Um. So Robert Shock is like this water erosion hypothesis because he's like, okay, so basically before they excavated it, like the the sand was like up to here, right? Right. And he was like, well, well, hold on, right? Because this this like bit of rock over here. That is like unmistakably water erosion. Mm-hmm. It's happened mm-hmm. on this rock, right? And he's like, well, there hasn't been enough water in this area to have made that possible for like until basically the age of Leo. Hmm. He's like, like the Sphinx then is older. And it was like, and what you're saying, Alexa, about the, the size of the head. So like, check this photo, right? So this is like, uh, we see that the Sphinx and like the head oh, is like way small. Yeah. And for people who like made like, perfect like inch perfect engineering it doesn't make sense that they would fuck up this like relative size of a head yeah. of like a religious monument yeah yeah totally um right so this one kind of makes it look like a kind of an anubis but other people yeah. would say that perhaps it was a lion's head because the sphinx actually faces exactly to the to the horizon so in other words like when the sun rises at the equinox it's like exactly pointing that way and if it was built at the time of water erosion that was during the age of leo so it's highly possible that it was a, a lion monument that's hmm. really cool that's really fucking wild cool. fucking wild i like that image um, too it's interesting right yeah so, i've always thought that the sphinx looks really weird like it looks really freaking weird not just because it's a sphinx like it looks out of place like it looks it just looks so weird so Yep. So we've we'll add that to the list of things that we've, we've yeah. slated it so far. Now for real, no, it, it's just something off about it. Like it's, yeah. like it could, I mean, it. maybe because it's like way older than, yeah, than everything around it. Um, it reminds me quite a bit of the whole Statue of Liberty thing. You know, the whole Statue of Liberty. Like, what do you thing. mean? The Statue it was of Black Liberty. originally. Yeah, well, the Statue of Liberty was a gift to celebrate the end of slavery. And actually, if you look on the Statue of Liberty, it still has chains on its feet from the old sculpture that it was. But they changed it and put a torch in its hand and put a book in its – it was originally a different sort of sculpture. And then they changed you, – you can research this. And then they changed it to represent um, like, you know uh, – like a welcome to people coming in. Like, you know, that's why it's on Ellis mm-hmm. Island or that's where it's right. there. But it was really a representation of the end of slavery. So hmm. anyway, 
that's well, because what I was saying is, I think originally it was supposed to be a black statue, which would make sense if it was the end of slavery. But uh, I don't know if it was the French or the Americans who changed it to not be black just because of racism, I guess. I think it was um, the Americans because the French made it for the Americans. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Wild. Um, All right. So Age of Leo. So this was the what appeared called the Younger Dryas, which was like the most recent um, glacial epoch. So basically this the, the last ice age ended because of like an unusual burst in like solar activity, which is like the sun rules Leo. So that would happen during that time. It's interesting. Um, And there were all these like huge storms and everything and this rainfall and floods and all that kind of thing. Um, And that ended the previous. So Robert Schoch, he reckons that that basically the age of Leo ended and all these um, storms that ended what he's considered the previous cycle of civilization in what he called a solar induced dark age. So it's like the end of like a thing and it kind of like, humanity kind of took a massive dive for like several thousand years and like technology like we used to be able to build the sphinx and then there was like nothing on that scale for like millennia yeah i mean because of the kind of wild but but like what if like aliens built the sphinx i was thinking that i was really thinking that i was like maybe we were mean to the aliens and then they (laughs) just laughed but i mean but i mean we've talked to thoth on this podcast and he (laughs) has said that I mean, it's kind of like the downfall of like Atlantis, right? Like that was the end of the technology in the way that because technology, like um, civilizations that were very technologically forward, kind of fell after that whole calamity. So well, well, that's that that timeline. I've I've heard that before, and actually, um, Graham Hancock in the one of the things that he did a TED talk basically about the potential of like Atlantis being a real thing that he would say potentially ended basically with this um, glacial periods. It would be the same time. So it would be basically that Atlantis, sorry, Atlantis, uh, the Sphinx really, because it's like so perfect. Well, Mm -hmm. the head not is what I'm saying, but the fact that it's exactly at the the equinoctial point or whatever indicates that these people were like ridiculously smart. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, there was nothing or, or like, even in the same league as that for like such a long time. Yeah. Also, um, don't the pyramids in Egypt like line up with like specifically like the stars exactly? Like Yeah, they do. And that's actually the stars they line up with aren't in that same place anymore because of the change in the oh, in yeah, the tilt yeah, which yeah. which helps like to date the to date the pyramids. Oh, hmm. yeah, cuz you match that's them up cool. with when it would have matched. Yeah. Crazy. Exactly. Um, so, cool. so one more thing one more thing about the age of Leo is that there's like one or two surviving settlements and ruins. Uh, there's a place called Gobekli Tepe, which is in modern um, Turkey, which uh, here's another picture. I had like a bunch of animal carvings. Uh, oh, I've closed the, closed the bastard. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> technical term. It's a technical term. Um, <laughs> there's okay. So this is a carving from that, from the age of Leo as well. I mean, mm. pretty rudimentary drawing, but that, that could be a lion, right? Yeah. If you Absolutely, just look yeah. up like Gobekli Tepe, yeah, yeah, if you but look like, like if you look up, well, exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, if you're like a human being, then like that's you're like what's what you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Absolutely. fuck with that animal because it's going to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. So there's like very little from that time. Uh, the next age is the Age of Cancer, which was roughly eight thousand. Woo! Give it up for Cancer. Woo! 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 Thanks, guys. <laughs> I appreciate your support. Uh, so that was 8,000 BC to like 6,500 BC. So that's also just like fucking so long ago. So um, some Cancerian images. Cancer is the sign of the... Crab. Boom. Um, so like the the glyph is supposed to be like crab's claws, but also there's some other conjecture that actually could be breasts as well. 
because one of the some of the defining um features of of like a cancer sign is about nurturing and things like that and about um protecting including like home and shelter and things like that as well as uh receptacles like things for water like cups and and jugs are like yeah. uh, <laughs> that's funny i didn't think of that before that's wow. funny uh Oh, I think it's funny because I'm a 10 year old boy Um, (laughs) things. So like they come into it. So like these ideas of like roots and like home, because cancer is a natural ruler of the fourth house in astrology and the IC, which is at the very bottom of the chart. So it's like your family roots, like where you come from and like where you're kind of settled and things like that. Um, Also, then it can kind of cover the idea of a tomb as in that you bury people like under the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And like womb and tomb being kind of like mm. related and connected in like a kind of circle of life. I thought of right? that. Wow, that's freaking crazy. I never thought it's of that. It's intense. It is literally cool, the eh? inverse. It's like, yeah, come in through the womb, out through the tomb. Yeah, well, you know those things that people are like burial pods where it's like you bury the body with yeah. some seeds and it's yeah. like. Yeah, and it turns into a tree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I'd much rather and also, that. Hell yeah. I, the um, idea of being in a tomb ter- scares the shit out of me. Go ahead. Sorry. Really? Yeah, I don't like. Have you that seen idea. those? Have you seen those tombs in like Victorian times where they were worried about vampires and stuff? So they put like bars over the top of the, like the the burials. Not no, but in South but... Carolina, we saw, we heard about people like clawing out of the tomb because they were going through a plague and they would stay really far away from the body and they would say, "Yep, they're dead," but they wouldn't be dead; they would just be sleeping or like really sick. So their breathing would lower. And so they would bury them alive essentially. And then um, they had a flood and the flood, like uh, basically unearthed the tombs and they could see claw marks where people oh were God. trying to get out. So it's terrible. Horrific. So yeah. So scary. Like hundreds of people, not just like one or two people. Yeah. This is why I want to be cremated. Just cremate me, even like yeah. uh, even if it's a mistake, it it's <laughs> it's done. Do ever, wait, uh, do you guys ever think about that with this when you're swimming in the ocean? Do you ever think about like I'm just swimming in people because so many people put their loved ones out to sea when they're cremated. That's disgusting. And like I'm just getting people in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, this is so morbid, but I was Just thinking about it the other day. in my mouth. I was thinking about it the other day, like, technically. <laughs> a wild Saturday night. Not only that, but, like, how many, like, dead animals are there. Like, every, everything that exists in the sea that is, like, dying, like, that's a part of it. Okay, let's move Yeah, on. or, like, Sorry, the people. poop in the sea. Sure. Also, yeah. 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 Real thing. All right, let's move so, on. So... <laughs> so and also that cancer is uh, ruled by the by the moon as well there's a come back to the moon thing you were saying alex mm-hmm. um all right so anthropologically this was the neolithic period which is like pretty wide and also it like different parts of the world were developing at like different rates and, and shit like that but basically all of the age of cancer was like neolithic collectively like for the planet let's say uh this was a time of like introduction of farming and the use of like domesticated animals as well so hmm. The thing is with planned agriculture comes like settlement, right? Which is the birth of the beginning of home, which as I just said, comes under cancer, yeah, cancer. right? Um, they seem to be largely egalitarian societies as in everyone like looked after each other, which is pretty nice. cancerian. Um, also, this was the development of like clay pottery, which is a receptacle oh. like for things. So that's another cancerian thing. Um, interestingly, uh, in the tarot, every like major arcana has a um, like it's linked or like, 
um, has a a link. Fuck it to all the the twelve signs and like the ten planets. And the, do you know what the one for cancer is? No. It's the the chariot, right? For reasons that are like kind of weird. But actually, the invention of the wheel actually happened in the Neolithic age. Um, so it was like a little bit before the age of cancer, but it was still Neolithic. It was like 10,000 BC. Um, actual chariots were later, but I thought that was like an interesting kind of thing. So in terms of like religion or like spirituality in the age of cancer, um, there was a lot of veneration of ancestors. In other words, like recognizing your roots, right? Which is like why I just said is like part of cancer. Um, a lot of their tombs, I forgot that I had like written this down, but uh, tombs, um, there were a lot of burials in the home, which again, home being like a kind of cancerian idea. And there were also a lot of burials in the fetal position. Like here's a picture here. If you just look up like Neolithic yeah. um, burial, they're Why? like, they, they like arrange the body. Well, wow. the thing is like, I don't know if it was like Absolutely. functional or what, but, but exactly. Right. So maybe that was like a subconscious idea where they were like, oh, it's like going back in the womb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Into mother right? earth. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And uh, well, in fact, sorry, that is the next thing I was going to say is that this age of cancer also was uh, seemed to be like a time of widespread worship of the great goddess. So there's like this thing called the great goddess theory, this idea that like um, basically the world was it was because now we've got like overwhelmingly like masculine gods, basically. But like during this time, there was a great goddess, which basically all religion was based on the feminine rather than the masculine. And um, during the age of cancer, I mean, that would make sense because like, look at some of these as well. If you look up um, Neolithic sculpture, just if you're listening, Neolithic sculpture in Google Images, you'll see like basically some of these. So you can see like these um, sculptures at the time, which I mean, you can kind of guess that they were making like religious stuff because if your life is your religion, then everything is. And these are all um, basically figurines that are emphasizing like wide hips and like big breasts, right? Which is basically Mm -hmm. to venerate the parts of human and basically the cancerian parts of human anatomy, which are the parts that basically give birth and then like nurture newborns and kind of in a broader way, like emphasizing female sex characteristics, which would be consistent if it it was a time of like great goddess and things like that. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. Um, There was something else I found that I read, but I couldn't find it, I think to substantiate it. So just like to be clear, this is like, I don't know if it's true or not, but um, uh, I read that anthropologists maintained that, during this time men didn't know their own role in procreation so it's like people didn't understand because it's like a nine month like gestation period like obviously people were like having sex right but like there was no it was it wasn't like oh the the birth is caused by the sex it was just like like oh it just happens and so it's like it seemed like like this magical like thing that like women were somehow able to just like magically magically, like yeah Ah, interesting. That's interesting. I, that. I never thought about a time right? when they didn't realize how it worked. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, though. You know? No, it does make sense. It's just funny yeah. to think about. I, I like to think that the women probably did know. They just didn't want to tell the men. It's <laughs> 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 just like, those dumbasses haven't figured out. Yeah, probably. So this, I think at this time, it was like people stopped just like living in the moment because they were able to consider the future. No, because like their basic needs were being taken care of. Like people had like shelter and they had like enough food and like, and all this kind of thing. Um, and I reckon, again, this conjecture for me, but I reckon this might've been like the peak of humanity's symbiosis with like the great mother mm-hmm. because it's before humanity started like becoming like basically a masculine based species. Right. Right. That makes sense. I'm trying to want to like change that. things. Yeah. 
wild, eh? All right, so Great. moving on. There we go. That was two. That was like two and a half thousand years. Go on. Okay, so the next one is the age of Gemini, right? Which was uh, again like fucking ages ago. Sixty-five. I mean, literally fucking ages ago. Ages ago. <laughs> fucking ages ago. Anyway, sixty-five thousand. Uh, sorry, six thousand five hundred to thirty-seven fifty BC, roughly. Huh. So Gemini. Just for another five points. Gemini is the sign of the twins. The Fish? twins. Boom. Oh, the twins. Whoops. What's up? Step up your game, Matthews. Okay. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the gemini symbols are twins especially children like child twins mm-hmm. which obviously is a is a kind of um uh picture of like duality if you, if you see what i mean uh, under gemini comes communication conversation specifically writing and language as well as education and knowledge also um trade and like interchange because that's basically the same thing right if you have a conversation you're exchanging stuff and if it's like goods it's pretty much the same and it happens between like you need two people to do that so that's like a Mm -hmm. thing of gemini and animal wise um gemini relates to birds especially like kind of little birds um because gemini is ruled by mercury so like with this kind of wings and all that kind of like flying off here and kind of so like little birds flying insects and like kind of grasshoppers and and shit like that right so what were the people up to in that time? So uh, this was the Calcolithic Copper. Let's just call it the Copper Age. Copper Age, right? Um, this actually was a time of when uh, fully developed writing systems starting to appear in Sumeria and Egypt, which stuff like that is fucking nuts because it's like, wow, like the age of Gemini and pe- that's when writing emerged. Mm. Like, I think that's nuts. Like, what a ridiculous yeah. like, coincidence that would be. Um, I got a, a picture here. If you look up the Kish tablet k-i-s-h if you're just looking at this uh this right here is like one of the oldest um i think it might be the oldest document that we've still got like this oh, is a ipad yeah that's what i'm, I'm just thinking kidding. it's a tablet <laughs> oh yeah yeah tablet one yeah. uh, and then they then they started putting microchips and shit and then ruined it yeah, uh, yeah. before apple <laughs> got their hands on them right um all right, so there's also from this time, there's like evidence of international trade going on as well. Um, there was like an early, like basically the, the civilization around Sumeria kind of started to kind of arise mm-hmm. during this time. Uh, and th- they had a city called Eridu, which had, there's no copper around Eridu, but there is evidence of people there working like with copper. Um, Interesting. So it means that they must have been trading with people like in mm-hmm. another place, yeah. right? Right. Um, so... Also consider that the Gemini glyph is like the Roman numeral for two, right? It's just like two letter eyes, right. um, which shows like a, a, a split basically between like settled societies and nomads. Because at that time, like the previous age, age of cancer, agriculture was developing. People were like making like um, permanent settlements, but there was a lot of people who were still like nomadic and still like wandering the desert or wherever they lived. Right. And it was a kind of split like settlers, though, because they had like a, a town or whatever, they could make um, shrines to like religious idols and things like that, and then develop a priesthood to mediate like the divide between like the divine and human. Mm. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, because like that, yeah. that split, just because like an age of cancer, what I'm saying is like with the the figurines, like there wasn't really a split. It's just, like everyone was just it wasn't just like, oh, are you religious? It was like, well everyone i'm alive (laughs) so obviously you know right right but like that split kind of happened during the during the age of of uh, of gemini right yeah um 
And as these settlements start to grow, there's basically a class system start to develop, which is like further kind of dividing things up. Um, priest kings appears to have like be like at the top originally. And there was also an artisanal class, like people making shit, but not just for like their own use, but like to sell. So like economics happened yeah. as well, right? And actually it seems like writing was developed basically to keep track of sales and shit like that. Like receipts. That makes sense. That's interesting. That's right. Cool. And all that, all of that is like all Gemini stuff. Related. And it's all, um, so enough of that boring, like real world stuff. Let's get into the spirituality of the age of Gemini, right? So, uh, like I said, like the animals, kind of birds and, and kind of flying insects, right? So a lot of the most prominent um, gods in Sumeria had like really strong Gemini features. So, uh, right here, this is Ninurta. Oh, is it from- the muscles? No, that's an it- eagle, right? Yeah, it's a it's a bird, which is like a Gemini and oh. thing for sure, right? Another one is uh, Ishtar. Yes, I know. Ishtar. She's got wings and, and shit as well. Um, there was a god called Enlil. <clears throat> excuse me, Enlil as well. And he was the most powerful god, and he was an air deity in Gemini, uh, an air sign also. And then there was Enki who was the patron of knowledge, magic, and also he's related to the planet Mercury, which kind of, you couldn't be like a stronger Gemini because Mercury rules Gemini, things like that. And ho, mm. bringing in a old friend of the show, one, a certain Egyptian bird-headed Soft. god. Soft. Exciting yeah. stuff. So seeing as you guys are literally on like first name terms with Thoth. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. What So like what, what's his like remit like as a god? What's he like the god of? He's the god of magic and writing. And no- and wisdom. Knowledge. knowledge, yeah. Knowledge, yeah. So again, all those things are, are Gemini. And, and uh, so but he, he's like the equivalent to like Hermes and Mercury with their like winged clothes and their mm-hmm. winged helmets and their sandals and their messengers and all that kind of shit. And also um, like Odin, like the Germanic Odin, who yeah. was always accompanied by two birds. Uh, sometimes, sometimes oh. one, but often two, which were called memory and mind, which are like Gemini. That's and cool. That's, that's like later in the age of Gemini, but they're still the same. Um, but like Thoth was actually like a bird. Right? Right. So he's yeah. like very like Gemini. And Thoth worship actually began in the pre-dynastic period of uh, of Egypt, which stretched from 6,000 to 3150 BC, which is almost exactly the age of Gemini. That's crazy. Interesting. That's really interesting. Crazy how it lines up like that. Wow. So, yeah, I think it's wild. So... It's like in that age, religion started to be like something kind of organized and uh, and also because like economics needed those like buy offerings, right? Because if you right. didn't have right. something to offer, then what, what are you doing? So <clears throat> the also some like some of the mythic motifs. So the Epic of Gilgamesh, um, which is like considered like the oldest story, basically, um, it's probably rooted uh, as a story in like Sumer, like the Sumerians of the age of Gemini. So Basically, that's the story of Gilgamesh and this his like figurative twin, uh, Enkidu. <clears throat> and the whole story is like pretty short. It's like 25 minutes long. A lot shorter than this fucking rant I'm going on. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> that story is full of motifs about the balance, which is like a Gemini thing, uh, between wild like femininity of, of nature <clears throat> and the more masculine like imposition of society, which was like as we came out of the age of cancer that we started to get this like masculine like imposing of like the individual and of humanity, like upon nature rather than just mm-hmm. like living in kind of harmony with it already. Um, 
also it's about the development of compassion and the feminine acceptance of mortality versus the masculine search for immortality which is like a big mm. theme and and things so again there's all this like duality and things like that start to appear in the age of gemini um also part of the the epic of gilgamesh is well there's a flood in there which is like i fucking identical to like the myth in uh and <clears throat> that's the first time that why it's clear that yeah exactly and that's just to make it clear when i said myth at the beginning i don't mean that it's not true <clears throat> i just mean it's like a, a motif and basically yeah so if the flood myth um so basically the flood myths of floods and like water and oceans and things like that <clears throat> god damn it something stuck in my there's a frog in my throat <laughs> uh speaking of a flood um like jung talk and uh, liz green always talk about like oceans and floods and things like that being like a symbol of the feminine of like the unconscious mm -hmm. right because it's like formless <clears throat> and it's like not defined and and it's just that that's like the the feminine and there's a lot of motifs you get in myths about people overcoming like sea monsters or like serpents or dragons even mm -hmm. and all of those are <clears throat> and it's always like a masculine hero which like overcomes these like monsters and that's like a kind of uh a story of like the masculine conquering the feminine Wow. right interesting um so what's so if we can if the the epic of gilgamesh and like genesis have that same story and it's probably from the age of gemini you can figure that probably some of those other stories are from that time as well famous set of twins cain and abel in like the the bible right yeah. and it's this like subtext of like cain is a farmer of like cattle and uh, sorry a, a farmer of like land and abel was abel was a shepherd um, so to the nomadic Hebrews, because they were nomadic at the time, like the farmers were the were the bad guys, right? Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. like Cain was the one who like did the bad thing and all this kind of thing. So there's a kind of subtext there. Um, and also the Adam was tasked with like naming everything, which is like a Gemini and like thing, like language and things like that, like giving something a name, like meeting it and and whatever. Um, basically, yeah, there was there was this like general trend in the age of Gemini to like of like the masculine hero like emerging. Uh, and being of like being aware of its like own strength and and independence and like the maybe that the feminine was like bringing him down like with Adam and Eve as well so like yeah. Eve was the one who was like oh hey bro eat this apple and he was like hey, oh, man God told me not to and she'd be like I'll be fine bro and then so he eats it and God's like I thought I told you to wherever so um so yeah that's like a story of like the masculine being like dragged down by the feminine which is like a motif that appears like more and more until we get to where we are basically today which is why the feminine needs to be punished continuously over and over again. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's that's, a joke. That's it's why joke, it hurts guys. when you guys give birth. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why. Oh, Alexa's having none of my horse shit today. All right, we're moving on. All right. Well, I, you're off. Yeah, I so wish you'd said bullshit because we're about to talk about the age of Taurus now. Oh, wait, let me try it again. Alexa's having none of my bullshit today. Oh, that's so funny because the next one is the age of Taurus. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're in like Taurus season right now. And Alex yeah. is a Taurus. And I'm a Taurus. Hell yeah. You're double Taurus. You got moon as well in Taurus, right? Yeah. Boom. Um, so like 4,000 to like 1800 BC is age of Taurus. So symbols, Taurus is the sign of the... Bull. Bull. Um, uh, like cows, specifically horns as well, like the crescent moon, which is shown a lot and it kind of looks like bull's horns. Um, ruled by Venus... Uh, Taurus and it's related to a lot of, like sensuality and like sexuality kind of like tactile things like that like pleasures of the flesh if you like um, yeah. more deeply the the untempered see how you feel about this Alexa the untempered wild instincts of humanity 
Um, and also that bulls are like a symbol of the fertility of the of the earth as well, as well as physical wealth. Um, things are like physically real and it's metal that rules is bronze, which is fitting because guess what? That was the Bronze Age. Wow. Um, yeah. I like that. So we were getting that was a good one. Right? Wow. So we were getting like true civilization. So like larger scale, like proper cities, like planned cities in like Sumer and like modern day India, Pakistan. Uh, money began to be a thing as well. So like wealth, like value, things like that. Um, I, I saw someone say that it's like money started when the someone saying, oh, I owe you one turned into like, oh, I owe you one of this. Mm-hmm. where it's like value took on like a physical form right, right. so like weighing scales uh, were invented at that time in egypt in like 2600 bc um and in the age of taurus in like modern day iran so like fucking four fucking five thousand years ago uh like people were like actually employed as accountants like it was a job <laughs> isn't that nuts just like we think that's like a modern thing but they were doing it they made uh like coins out of clay yeah instead of out of water and they used that so um agriculture already existed but now people were like working with like plows and like had irrigation and stuff like that which obviously means you can like settle down and like plant more food and raise like cattle as well and like have like more people um and that really is like the beginning of like property as an idea because if you because i mean the earth isn't like owned by anybody so it's like if you just start working on it like over 50 years and your kids or whatever eventually you start to feel that like you own it right mm-hmm. and i believe then you like must owns uh the earth I'm joking. It's a joke. <laughs> Actually, Bill Gates owns a lot of the earth, unfortunately. <laughs> all right, we're moving on. <laughs> Actually, it's the British Royal Family, I think, are the wealthiest landowners. Mm. In the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but like Bill Gates is buying up so much farmland, it's ridiculous. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm sure he's got really good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even successfully give his money away. Keeps getting meaningfully richer every year. Okay, yeah. nice. Good job. Oh, good uh, times. Uh, all right. So, anyway, so yeah, you buy land and it turns basically into a city state that needs like defending, which are all kind of like Taurian kind of things. Um, also, the idea of planting seeds is like analogous to investing, right? Mm. Because it are savings like with interest, because you like put a bit in and then you kind of like watch it grow. Right. Okay. And even old wealth in like Egypt was um, they had like a cattle count where they judged how rich someone was by how much cattle they had in the age of Taurus mental. And uh, also even today, when you've got confidence, like in a a cryptocurrency or a stock or whatever, you say that you're bullish. Right. Mm -hmm. And what's the sculpture on Wall Street? It's a bull. Hell yeah. Wild. It's it's kind of this moment of just recognizing like, huh, it all really does come from somewhere and makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not just random. Like we see it now today as he, random. Like oh yeah, the 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 bull or the this then this city, right? But it's like it all originates from somewhere. So it's interesting. right. Well, Jung would say it comes from the basically the 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 collective Un- unconscious. unconscious. Yeah, for sure. Um, so looking at so that's all that what the culturally what was going on it lines up so like looking at the religious like iconography um there are loads of like bull deities so here's one this is um shenong from china and um, by the way all these like deities i'm like fucking up their name something terrible but we, we, I'm, yeah. I'm saying it kind of clear so people can google it like um it. this is shenong for, i know it looks like a strong as an ox yeah <laughs> for yeah. real um, so this guy, Shenong, he was uh, he was always called a bull-headed god. Sometimes it's like an actual bull's head, sometimes just horns. Um, he was the mythical father of agriculture. 
which fits like Torian like right the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like the beginning of like resurrection myths as well, because like the agricultural cycle of like planting and harvesting is like kind of analogous to like the sunset and the sunrise, like mm-hmm. the rhythm of the of the seasons, all that kind of thing. And it's like death now had like a kind of hope of like renewal. Rebirth. It started to come from yeah. this kind of time because of and that that came in because of agriculture working with the seasons which is like a taurian thing if that makes sense that um sense. the egyptian ancient egyptian sun god hathor um was depicted as a cow a lot of the time this is a uh, hathor i think yeah sometimes sometimes as an actual like cow head and this is again age of taurus or sometimes like this just with like horns and with like the sun in the yeah in the middle see what i mean yeah um there were other Egyptian bull cults around Menevis. This is another Egyptian god at another time. Well, at the same time, sorry, at the same era. And uh, Apis as well. Mm. And these were oriented towards the feminine, which is interesting because um, Taurus is ruled by Venus and the moon is exalted in Taurus. So it actually is quite a feminine sign, sign even though it's yeah. an earth sign. Um, and uh, Menevis and Apis, these last two. Pause for I the seagulls. I love the birds for... <laughs> dramatic effect. we've done the gemini already anyway uh mm-hmm. so the, these uh cults were centered around the, the feminine as well and it's it seems like only women were allowed to touch the the sacred cattle and also they made offerings to the cattle uh to the gods by exposing themselves like to this bull like just flashing <clears throat> flashing the bull <laughs> i don't know um it's almost like the feminine made like a bit of a comeback after ha- taking like a bit of a hit during the age of gemini yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, um, there were some Hebrew, uh, at that time, the kind of Hebrews started doing things. And there were some bull shrines at Bethel and Gilgal. If, am, am, I, am I about to be the first person who's like cited a Bible verse on this podcast? Maybe. Probably. It's <laughs> possible. Break, break, record breaking. Uh, thing. So if you look at Hosea 12 and 13, they talk about Bethel and Gilgal. Uh, they had like bull shrines there. There was also some at Canaan and Shiloh as well. Uh, and of course, Moses, who we're going to talk about in a second, because that was definitely an age of Aries thing. Moses, when he had the Ten Commandments, came down from the mountain. And what was everybody doing? They were worshipping. Uh, oh, just kidding. Sorry. I uh, don't they, know. They, they had a golden calf, yo. Oh, you had a golden yeah. calf? I didn't know that. Right? So, we're sorry. We're not I, I, up to I, date so, on our Bible <laughs> verses or Bible stories. I, 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 <laughs> i know i forgot like no everyone spent like fucking days pouring over this stuff uh yeah the golden calf right and he was like yo stop that we're done with the calf age of taurus is done we're in the age of aries now we've got a new a new set of stuff um and the fact that it's gold as well is like a taurian thing about like money and value and shit like that it's super taurian um there's like a but i'm just gonna like there were, there were honestly bull cults fucking everywhere like in greece the poseidon Poseidon, yeah. Poseidon was originally a bull. Zeus kept turning himself into a bull. In India, there was um, Parjanya, excuse me. Um, so this Wikipedia. is all at the same time throughout yeah. history. So throughout that's what's the world. fucking nuts. That's crazy. That's what's nuts because it's like all these different people all over the world are doing the same myths at the same time mm. and then they change at the same time. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and they change from and to stuff which reflects the, the sign that's on the horizon at the equinox. That's, so, That's so cool. Right. So like in India, so Parjanya 
the quote from Wikipedia. It's assumed Parjanya is the udder and lightning is the teats of the rain cow. Accordingly, rain represents her milk. Also, he's sometimes considered as a rain bull controlled by Indra and so on. Uh, then Indra himself, there's a quote from the Rig Veda. I think that's like a, a, a very religious text at the time. Book 5, hymn 37, who says, by the way, this sounds like I made this up to make it sound like super Taurian, but I swear this is straight from Wikipedia. So someone else made it up. It says, let bullish heaven strengthen you, the bull, as bull you travel with your two bullish fallow bays, as bull with a bullish chariot, well-lipped one, as bull with bullish will, you of the mace set us up in loot. So they were mad for bulls. So this guy, <laughs> That's literally um, like a drinking game. How many times can we say that? <laughs> Yo, I Drink should have said that before. That. Take a shot every time it. That, that's too much, actually. Um, Shiva as well. Early Shiva had like horns and things like that. And even today, uh, cows are venerated in Hinduism because that's a Taurian like religion, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, right. So we moved on from that. Right. And then we got to the age of Aries, which was the one before our like current age. So roughly like 1800 to like zero was like the age of okay. Aries. Right. So. And let's see if you can get this one. Aries oh, is the God. sign of the. Aries is the sign of the the um. I said it earlier, didn't I? Um, I did, yeah. Aries. Oh, what is Aries? Oh, is, is Aries the ram? The ram. The ram. Five oh, points. Damn. Never mind. Getting all the points. All right. I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm sorry, Ambi. I'll give you some. I'll give you some notice next time. Next time Thanks. we do a quiz. <laughs> uh, all right, so like ram, specifically ram's horns as well, individuality, imposition of the individual will on the external, and with that, like archetypal masculinity, which is the same thing. Um, Aries rules the head and the muscular systems, which basically is like the me first parts, right? Which oh my is God, the same that thing. It's like a lot of sense. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. It just, like, my so, whole world just kind of went full circle just good. right there. Go ahead. Well, we still got like another 15,000 years for like the Equinox <laughs> come full circle. But uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, like ruled by Mars, which is the, the god of war, like aggression. And also the metal that is the uh, ruled by Aries is iron, which fits because, of course, this was the motherfucking Iron Age. Motherfucking Mental. Iron Age. Motherfucking Iron Age. Um, so like yeah, people were starting to make like tools out of iron and like steel and things like that. Um, and uh, this age was uh there was a lot of war going on in this age like, a really good example also aries like because it's the first sign it likes to just like get things going it likes to fucking make a move and uh yeah. alexander the great uh he was made the king at the age of 20 like he was only 20 and then by the time he died at age 32 he left behind like the biggest empire like anyone ever seen and yeah. there's this uh there's this uh quote i don't know who it's from I should have looked that up, but it says an Alex, I think it's Alexander. Wait, I might be fucking this up big time. Anyway, an Alexander wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Cause mm. he was just like, so that's like a real like emblematic person of like the Aryan age. Cause he was just like, he wanted to impose like himself. And actually he founded like loads of cities and put his name on them. So he really did like try and impose himself like on the, on the external, which is like a really Aryan kind of thing. Um, yeah. Jung, I, I fucking love Jung, if it wasn't obvious. He pointed out that this was a time of the development of the intellect. There was like a great rush of like philosophy being like written. There was the, the Vedas and the Upanishads in India. There was a lot of Chinese philosophers, Confucius, Chengzi and Lao Tzu, uh, Pythagoras, Socrates, Plato and Aristotle in Greece. And um, of course, things like the art of war and the Mahabharata and Sanskrit are like, there's a lot of war involved in 
in those as well. So that's like really strongly Aryan as well. Um, in religion, right, the religion of the time, um, Judaism is a is in the same way that Hinduism is a Taurian religion. Judaism is definitely an Aryan. Uh, I want to say Aryan, by the way. I'm, I was going to I meant to say Aryan, A R I E N, because I know the Nazis that's like so co-opted weird. that word. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, and yeah. like so. Okay, so I actually didn't. I I that's weird. I said that because Aryan is what I'm going to say. But just to be clear, I'm not talking like Nazi eugenics. I'm talking yeah, about talking like Aryan. astrology. Yeah. Um. So, so Alexa, so were, were you raised in a Jewish family? Yeah, I'm Jewish. I get that right. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So if you could, uh, like. And maybe like tell me how much of this is bullshit, like at some points. Um, okay. <laughs> so, like I said before, the story of Moses with the golden calf and things like that. And he was like, fuck that because we're done with it. That's like him saying, like, leave the leave the Taurian age behind because we're going into like the, the Aryan age. Um, to, uh, hang on, I'm going to send, uh, we're not saying, I'm going to show a picture of what I think is a shofar. Is that, that right? Is a shofar. Mm-hmm. Right. Good so, job. what's a shofar made out of? A ram's horn. Yeah, it is. So, right, because of Aries, right? And when do you use that? On Passover. Which is the Jewish New Year, right? No, sorry. I'm so sorry. Rosh Hashanah. I'm I'm a terrible Jew. Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. Cool. Well, there we go. Um, Also, that story where Abraham, another Bible story for you, Ambi, for for your ass, Ambi. Um, Abraham, when he was going to, God was like, Hey, Abraham, if you love me so much, why don't you sacrifice your son, Isaac? And Abraham's like, yeah, sure, bro. And he's like, lifts up the thing. And then an angel stops and is like, yo, dude, it's just a prank. And uh, <laughs> and Abraham's like, oh, Every shit. version of the Bible I've ever heard in my whole life. Go ahead. And then the angel said, yo, dude, it's just a prank. And then what happened? He's like, no, bro, it's just a prank. Uh, and he's like, yo, you should sacrifice this ram instead check that shit out genesis 22 there were the 10 plagues as well and the jews were spared by smearing the blood of a ram yeah i think some some translations say it's a lamb yeah right above the door frame yeah exactly right they Um, they did that to spare their firstborn son oh yeah because they were going to kill all the firstborn sons in uh what great god anyway that's a really aryan uh like God right there, just like, mm-hmm. I'll kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so the also Michelangelo, uh, which obviously is way later, he did this statue of Moses and he gave him like goat's horns mm. or like kind of like Aryan kind of horns and things like that. Um, he might be wearing Aryan. bunny ears. We don't know for again. sure. No, <laughs> it looks Cat a bit ears. like a bunny ears. Yeah, he's just he's just very fashionable. You know those little headbands, yeah, that, like oh, Ariana Grande. That's exactly what. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> the so also in the Old Testament, uh, I'm not sure like Torah or Pentateuch or whatever what's the right word, but uh, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers they all give parameters for like the building of the temple and like the tabernacle and stuff. And honestly, if you read it, it's like rams and horns everywhere. Like mm. it's like. Put air, put areas all over this this temple. Um, in Egypt, uh, also monotheism came in with them um, Aton, and in Thebes they worshipped Amun Ra, uh, and that's like a thing at Amun Ra. That's in Egypt, so they're doing the whole Ram thing as well. That looks like um, an alien. It actually does, yeah. Yeah, it really does. Big head. Yeah. Um, also, check this right. So this is at the temple at Karnak, where there's like an alleyway of like forty ram-headed sphinxes all the way down. So interesting. Wow. Right. 
that's extra interesting because of like they built the Sphinx that maybe had a lion head during the age of Leo, and then they built some more with like um, ram's heads during the age of Aries. Wild, eh? Um, in Persia, there was Mithra, who was a bull slayer also. Um, and his myth lasted to be basically one of Christianity's early rivals in, in Rome and stuff like that. Um, then in Greece, there was like Apollo who slayed the Python, which, as I said, is like a, a feminine kind of figure, like a victory of like intellect and, and reason and things like that. Um, Theseus killed the Minotaur, which is like obviously a, he's a bull slayer as well. Um, Jason and the Argonauts in Greek mythology, they went on this big mission to find a golden fleece, which obviously comes from a sheep. And they found it in a grove that was sacred to 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 Ares, who's Mars, um, and it was guarded by a dragon, which is a feminine monster also. Um, in India, here's Agni, who's the god of fire, who rode on a ram always, and his um, name Agni is the root of the word ignite, so that's so interesting because uh, Aries is a fire sign also. Um, wild. Uh, I'm trying to skip this because I've, I've talked too much and we're going to run out of time. Um, <laughs> but, but broadly, basically in religion, it was like a move away from um, like matriarchy to patriarchy, right? And it was like monotheism coming in, like mm-hmm. the beginning of a move away from the mystical towards the rational. Like people became aware of like their own capabilities. And it's like they like the earth goddess was was gone at this age. And it was like replaced by experiments and observations. It was like people had questions like, why is it like that? And they wanted to like find out for themselves like the answer, right? which like is a very masculine. Science-based, not faith-based. Exactly. Exactly. And that kind of came hand to hand with like the shadow of this, the age of Aries was like basically the, the, the fall of the feminine, mm. basically the, the, which had been kind of happening before, but that was what kind of did it. And, and this, in a lot of stories, and I presume in real life, that women a lot of time were abandoned or sold or enslaved or like abused. Um, and then the next age, which is Pisces, Jesus was like notably like really like he had a lot of like women like that he was like friends with and stuff. But then mm-hmm. the priesthood in the early church kind of went back to the old sexism, but he did try. Um, boom. Anyway, let's go to age of Pisces, right? Which is the one that's kind of ending now um you could say like from year zero to like eight to year like 2150 or maybe 2000 or whatever we're in the kind of overlap period now um pisces is the sign of the fish boom you said that's damn the one it. you said earlier ambi damn it go ahead um Continue on. specifically always a pair of fish that are like pulling in different directions but they're like tied together right mm-hmm. uh with this also comes redemption um redeeming figures denial of like the corporeal or like the physical pleasures and things like that in favor of the mystical which also comes through like service and sacrifice and in the body of pisces rules the the feet also um so interesting you can ask them any, any pisceans in the in the chat <laughs> <laughs> i have a history of dating a lot of pisceans never dated a pisces I think it, Pisces gets us along really well with Taurus. Go ahead, though. Oh, yeah. Never, yeah. never, no foot fetishes to my knowledge, just letting you know. Go ahead, Mike. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, so this Piscean thing, so basically there's a lot of denial of material or carnal gratification in favor of, like, spiritual rewards. So of the kind of the main myth across the whole world Alexa, your hair is unbelievable. We were talking about our hair before. We totally forgot about yours. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gorgeous. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. G- uh, Christianity being like a, a Piscean uh, religion and Jesus being like a Piscean myth. Once again, I'm not saying myth is a not true. I'm saying it's just like a thing. Buddhism as well, like it's pretty much the same 
it's the same message like in buddhism and um, buddhism was like a little bit um earlier than that as well islam as well i don't know a whole lot about islam but i do know that um but it's a Piscean religion, but also the name Islam means peace, but it also implies like surrender or submission, which is a very mm. Piscean thing to like give up like what you want for like spiritual rewards, right? Oh. Um, so like in Christianity, there's loads of Piscean motifs, like the sacrifice of the body of Christ, like to begin with, is like a Piscean thing as a sacrifice in like the corporeal, right? right. His first miracle, another here, a warning, another Bible story test coming in the first more first miracle was feeding the five thousand with five loaves and fish yeah the two hey, fish look at that oh look at that. I, wait what isn't that well, what, i thought it was like seven fish because wasn't isn't it like the night before christmas italians do seven fish no. i never heard that oh okay never mind keep going. i might be wrong no, keep going. it could be i could be wrong maybe well, i just wanted to read I'll it was Google two it up. yeah um, the fish, by the way, was like an early Christian symbol. I think in America, a lot of like Christians have like a fish thing on the back yes. of their cars, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it right? Is, it's during Christmas, it's seven fishes, but that's during Christmas. So I don't know if this really. Oh, okay. Go ahead. All right. Um, Jesus also told his disciples to be like fishers of men. And there's this other miracle where the, the, they couldn't catch any fish. And he was like, bro, check this out. Head, get the boats back out. And they were like, nah, man, we're going home. And he was like, I think you want to take them out again. And they got like all these fish. There's like a specific number. It's like 158. Like, why would you specify? Anyway. And then they're like, well, this is great. And he's like, I think that was great. Go out again. And there was more. So things like things of uh, fish. There's a lot of like washing of the feet in Bible as well, which is like water plus feet, which is like Piscean. Um, The baptism itself happens in water also. Real quick. One of our listeners said Pisces here. Wouldn't say it's a foot fetish, but I love getting pedicures. So Hmm. water your feet. There you go. Well, Boom. thank Washing you of the for feet, hey? your input. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, that was great, great data for the, for the sentence. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So the, there's so much like about the astrological like things that point to like Christianity basically being like an astrological religion, never mind just a Piscean thing. Um, there's a bunch of stuff about like the cross in astrology. We've got like the cart, the bunch of crosses, um, like the, the ascendant descendant and the midheaven i see is like a, a cross mm. and things like that um but if you take like pisces and it's like a mutable sign so it'd be a mutable cross of all the mutable signs pisces is a you know the kind of the what christianity is opposite pisces is virgo which is the sign of the virgin obviously and uh the the virgo and virgin is always depicted with like a bushel of uh, like wheat and shit like that mm. and for that reason it's quite often known as like the sign of bread and there's quite a lot of shit in, or the, maybe just once, but um, there's a mention of like the house of bread and things like that. And actually, if you were talking uh, Hebrew, Bethlehem means the house of bread. Mm, interesting. Pretty wild. Interesting. Um, I don't know what to say about Sagittarius, which is another mutable sign, but oh boy, have I got a fucking bombshell about Gemini right now. <laughs> so, so if we're talking about mutable cross, right? So Christmas, right? It's like celebrated as like the birth of Christ, right? But that's obviously not the real date because it was in the is in winter and there were lambs, which by the way is yeah. funny because they're like Aries. Um, but that doesn't make sense. So it's like, well, when was it? So actually it gives us a big clue because the Magi or the Kings or whatever were astrologers. They were following like a, a star, yeah. right? So you're like, oh, what, what star is like that big? Well, there is actually something quite significant that's called when you get a conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, which happens every 20 years, but every so often the retrograde patterns happen in such a way that you get a triple conjunction where they go retrograde and they conjunct each other three times, like in a one hour. 
And there was one of those in 7 BC. And so astrologers at the time would have been aware that it's like, oh, we're coming into like the age of Pisces. And so these, these uh, astrologers, basically they were in the Bible. They were like, yo, that triple conjunction is, and check this out, right? So it was exact on the 29th of May, 7 BC, which hmm. I'm just going to say right now, that's the day that Jesus was born. May 29th. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Because that triple conjunction happened in Pisces and Uranus was in Pisces as well. So that's like a kind of revolutionary kind of thing. And that day was a new moon in Gemini. Wow. wow. My so if, oh, finish. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, so if Gemini is a sign of the twins, that begs the question, who's Jesus's twin, right? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. I love that. That just happened. Who, who would you guess is the twin of Mary? Oh, that was a real question. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's going to be the devil, right? Oh. That's what I was thinking. I didn't want to say it. Like Satan, right? Yes. And what's interesting, like- it, <laughs> so if there's like two fish and Jesus is the one pulling you like up to like yeah. forsake like mm. the physical and go to the spiritual and Satan is doing the opposite, right? He wants you to like forsake the spiritual for the whatever. And of right. course, he's always depicted with the fucking horns. Yes. Because that's oh Aries. It's like, leave the Aries behind and move. To- oh, that's wild. So, wild. so fascinating. Wait, Michael, we're, you're, we we didn't get to Aquarius and I literally have I know to go it. in two minutes. I know. It's it's Maybe. right now. I fucked it. No, I fucked no, up with the no, time. you didn't. This has been <clears throat> insane. Everybody on. Michael, emotionally <laughs> beat yourself up all day about this. This is unacceptable. <laughs> well, why don't we just make this a two-parter episode? Oh, hell yeah. Come back and then we talk about, like, because now everyone's basically gotten the history, right, of, like, where we've come right. from. So then we can bring you back and talk about where we're, what where we're doing Where we're going. Now. Let's do yeah. it. Um. I'm so sorry. I w- everybody's doing like brain, like mind exploding emojis and like oh, mic cool. drop moments yes. over the Jesus thing. Um, and Michael, I the whole time I was like, you need to like actually do this like at a lecture and like record it or just on yes. or just or just like with yourself and your own cameras and put it on YouTube because it. Oh would, yeah, that's that's. Everyone would share it. It's so amazing. Everyone on Facebook is like part two, part two, part two. So um, I am so cool. sorry that I have to go. I have a doctor's appointment. Ashley Ortiz says, this is the best Michael episode. Jennifer Clark said, love this episode. So amazing. So legends. Good, good job, Michael. This is really Thanks. fascinating. And I genuinely have to go in two minutes. So Michael, tell everyone where they can find you. Don't worry, everyone. We're bringing him back on very soon. We'll, we'll pester him like this month. Yeah. So if, if anyone in the future wants to know how you can get asked back on Tinder Bloom, you just ramble and then they bring you back. For part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I make that joke every time. Uh, yeah, you can find me. I've, I've got a website. I'm in the big <gasps> leagues now. I'm in the 21st Whoa. century. Uh, it's like it's 2002. Uh, so yeah, michaelboyle.com just spelt the silly way that it's in the description or the title of where we're looking at here. Yeah. Um, you can find a link to my YouTube channel there and I've got a Facebook page that's linked there as well. Um, but yeah, website. And also you can book a thing with me there. And... If you use the code inner bloom, all caps, oh. oh, oh, then you can get a wee, a wee, a wee 20% off, a wee, a wee nifty. That's a good deal. The, the big if 2 you, I mean, you see how in depth Michael goes. So if, yeah. even if you've had a reading, like it's an astrology, it's like a natal chart reading. Yeah. So it, it's not going to be like, I mean, if you want to book a thing and we can talk about this, like that's, that's great with me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be like natal, natal astrology yes. usually. Yeah. So like looking at um, your birth chart and transits or whatever you want to do. 
Yes. Yeah, you've done that. Or, or just email us. me or whatever. Oh, but I was just saying, like, even if you've already had a natal chart reading, like, getting one with Michael is going to be a whole different experience because you just – you I we both had – ones with you and you just draw so many connections and obviously like you're such a storyteller and you see so many connections that so many people don't see so that's that's definitely my thing is like trying to tell the story of your natal chart to you using uh just not only like classical myths like oh and the god of whatever and that story but also uh when you book a thing there's like a questionnaire of um like films or tv shows that like i've watched and analyzed because of the same stories right so mm-hmm. if you tell me like, oh, I really, I know like community or like friends really well. And I'm yeah. like, well, and then I can use the story of whatever, instead of using like an ancient missile. It's That's all, it's so all cool. it's like fucking that. great. That's a great I've been building way something. to like make people understand astrology and their needle. I, I think so. So basically that's what I've been doing for like the last year and a half, build, putting that together. And it's like straight out of the oven. So it's ready. It's, it is. It's hot it's so and good. tasty. Come and get Come and it. book it. <laughs> if you don't believe me, book it. <laughs> I'm thinking about booking it. Um, all right, everybody. Well, for Michael, thank you so much for being here. So excited thank to have you back. You so now we're all on the edge of our seat for the next part. Everyone else, thank you so much for uh, listening, watching. Make sure that you go over to Michael's website. We'll have the link to his site in our show notes. We love you so much. And until next time, keep on blooming. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Podcast.